This is Liam Hendricks, and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am really Really excited for the 2022 World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros. It has been a wonderfully enchanted season. We didn't have as much fun here in Chicago as we probably would have liked between the Cubs rebuilding and the White Sox having a disaster of a year. But that doesn't stop us from enjoying what has been an incredible postseason. And I keep seeing a bunch of things on Twitter about how every team's celebrating their anniversary. It's this team's anniversary of winning the World Series. I believe today the 2004 Red Sox won the World Series and ended their long drought. The White Sox ended their 17 years ago yesterday. The World Series hasn't even started here in the year 22, which just goes to show times have changed. Throughout the playoffs so far, we have one Cinderella story and one Goliath story. David, of course, is for the Philadelphia Phillies. They won 87 games. They are in the World Series after coming up with huge victories throughout the playoffs against the St. Louis Cardinals, San Diego Padres. Now they're in the World Series facing off against Goliath, the Houston Astros, who are 7-0 in the postseason. They have beaten the Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees. Haven't lost a game yet. There is no better person to bring in to talk about this sort of thing than the brand new, freshly brought in site expert of Climbing Tell Hill, the Houston Astros site of the fan-sided networks. Of course, I'm talking about Alec Brown. Alec, how are you? I'm doing well, Vinny. How are you doing today? Very, very good. It is absolutely my pleasure to have you on our show. Well, happy to join. Thanks for having me. Of course. So before we get it going in all the baseball stuff, you're freshly involved in the fan-sided networks bringing Houston Astros content. You have a chance to be one of the lucky 30 site experts after being there for just a week. I've been at Southside Showdown for three years as the site expert, and it's been nothing but pain and misery the entire time. I'm curious to know, though, what made you decide that you were going to take your love for the Houston Astros or maybe just love of baseball and bring it into content creating via journalism type? Yeah, I've, I've always loved to write. Uh, it's been a passion of mine uh, dating back in high school and college. I was uh, the, the uh, chief editor for my high school newspaper, sports editor in college. Loved that. Right out of school, actually had a chance to, uh, to work with the Astros. Uh, so that was an amazing experience. Most of my family is from Houston. I'm, I'm actually located also in the Midwest in Indianapolis. Uh, so I've grown up loving the team um, and no longer working in the corporate sports realm. Uh, just figured with uh, a lot of free time on my hands, as many times as I'm sending novel length text messages back and forth with friends and in group chats about the Astros, might as well parlay some of that writing ability into to a chance to uh, cover one on a more public level. So excited to be aboard the, the fan-sided network and uh, see what levels we can take climbing tiles hill to. Very cool. And before we dive into the playoffs and eventually the World Series, the Houston Astros were the best team in the American League all season long. And it looked like the New York Yankees were going to run away with this thing in terms of best record in the AL around, you know, May, June. But then the Astros just from beginning to end, slowly but surely, I think they struggled for like the first two weeks of the season. But then after that, it was like, you know, steady sailing all season long. They allowed the Mariners. The Mariners had like the best record from June to September and the Astros still were consistent yeah. enough to hold them off and win the division by yeah. 
you know, double digit games. What's your takeaway from their regular season? Yeah. I mean, Seattle went 14 and 0 and they made up, I think it was half a game in the standings. I mean, it's just like Houston's dominant. Uh, they're, they're a freight train. They're a well-oiled machine. They're built for October. Um, talking about the Yankees, you know, all off season, a lot of the chatter with New York was they didn't address areas of need, didn't address areas of need, got off to a hot start, uh, which kudos to them. But as we saw down the stretch, they finished 38 and 40, their last uh, 78 games. Kind of who they were, who we thought they were all along, uh, hot start aside and a couple injuries came along. Uh, but really, uh, the, the Astros and the culture that they've built in that locker room, um, some of the vets with guys like Altuve and, and you know, even though they had a down year statistically, Guriel. Um, and the way that they develop talent with young guys like Pena, uh, it's just a well-oiled machine. And they're built to win. Dusty Baker's a great culture guy. He's got a, a group that believes in themselves. Uh, and, you know, 11 and 10 in April, from that point on, they were a freight train. And uh, here they go rolling in the World Series. You touched on something that I wanted to ask about kind of right off the bat. Mm-hmm. When George Springer left, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Kyle Tucker comes in and becomes one of the better hitters on the team. Mm-hmm. You you lose Carlos Correa to the Minnesota Twins in free agency. Mm-hmm. The Astros were like, we don't care. We got Jeremy Pena. Now they're mm-hmm. both nominated for the Gold Glove. We're seeing what Pena can do with his bat in the off mm-hmm. or in the postseason. Yeah. What do you make of the Astros' ability to let these superstars just leave yeah. and not really care because the guys yeah. they got coming in are equally as good, if not better? You know, it's funny because you talk about, you know, growing up for me, it was always that, that the Yankees bought all this talent, right? They landed the free agents. And and now we see the Dodgers doing that year in and year out. And, and aside from a 60-game season, you know, they've mostly had postseason woes. We're seeing that just assembling superstars in a game as random as a, a five- or seven-game series as baseball can be, it's really not carrying over in October. And uh, the Astros, they're they're ahead of the curve when it comes to every other team uh, with with player development, uh, some of the, the mindset that they're able to instill in their players. You know, Fromber Valdez sets the quality start record this year. Three years ago, Fromber's career was almost over. He gets plugged in with their team sports psychologist, completely revamps his mindset. He's one of the, what, five, ten pitchers in the game. They just develop their players' mentalities. They, they find an eye for talent. Uh, whether it's a guy like Pena that they said, we trust him, we know he can play. Uh, whether it's a guy like Jordan that they traded for six, week, six weeks after he'd signed a professional contract. Uh, or some of those older international signings like, uh, like a Fromber or a Javier that signed for, you know, between ten dollars and $25,000 and end up being massive pieces of rotation that legitimately is one of the, the best in, in baseball history. So just their eye for talent is is unmatched. And as we see these teams splurging on high-dollar contracts where locker rooms may not mesh or uh, the bright lights of October players might uh, might fizz a little bit, Houston continues to build teams that year after year they, uh, they show up and the lights are shining brightest. I think Jose Altuve is one of the most polarizing professional athletes in all of sports. Okay. And that's largely because of the fact that for a long time, he was everyone's fa- favorite player. He's my favorite player that's not on my favorite team. Sure. If I could pick one player in the league and bring him to my team, it would be Altuve. He's got a great yeah. story, underdog, really good player, you know, fits in. Then some things happen and people start to really dislike Altuve. And there are yeah. fans all across the league that don't like Jose Altuve. I think he's a legend yeah. in the game of baseball for the mm-hmm. last couple of years. He's going to walk into the Hall of Fame, unless voters hold everything against him. But, you know, statistically, sure. he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I sure. want to know where people in the Astros fan base and the, the scope of Astros fans see Altuve in the history of their team. Yeah, I mean, he's a legend. You know, the uh, this is really the golden era of Astros baseball and six straight ALCS appearances. And really, 
window's not closing anytime soon. You know, you've got guys like Hunter Brown coming up that are literally Justin Verlander 2.0. I mean, it's just, they just keep coming. Uh, and with that being said, uh, throughout the, the prior history of the franchise until kind of this era, it was Bijou and Bagwell. That was who everybody looked up to, everybody's favorites. And they're still Houston icons, don't get me wrong. Uh, but Altuve is, is really who everybody's latched on to. Uh, I mean, he he carried the team through some of the dark days. You know, he was winning batting titles when they're losing 110 games. So still something to to cheer for. Listed 5'6", no taller than 5'4", somebody that the everyman can look up to. The work he does in the community, um, and, and that's where, you know, people took even five seconds to, to look beyond whatever is said about him and look at who he actually is as a human being. Uh, I mean, he's beloved here. And even, you know, 2019, Bregman ends up finishing second in the MVP race. He was kind of the guy that year for the team, so to speak. Uh, but it's still Altuve. It's getting the Jose chance, the most raucous ovations. You know, this year, Jordan striking fear in the hearts of lineups. It's still Jose that, that's the most uh, beloved player on the team. And no slice to everybody else. Houston loves their guys. But Jose, is he's really that notch above any other player. Why do you think Jose Altuve takes the brunt of all the negativity that surrounded the Houston Astros since the whole scandal was revealed? Well, really, without getting too deep into the weeds, it was because, you know, what what actually happened versus uh, what, uh, I don't want to use names, but but some uh, big podcasters reported off of what was actually just a uh, unfounded conspiracy from a burner that, that wasn't true and then never recanted. And so it's just continued to build and continued to build and continued to build. This past week, Patrick Beverly, who's an NBA player that played for the Rockets, says he's cheering for the Astros in the World Series. And they're like, well, you know how Tube cheated, right? And it's like, it just gets lapsed. It gets thrown on him. He's the best player on the team. He's the face of the franchise. He was one of the two that addressed publicly. And to his credit, while he wasn't you know, directly involved, he never threw another teammate under the bus, never made an excuse, uh, put it on himself. And his performance has, has never really slowed from that. He's embraced it all. Uh, and as somebody that, is five foot six you know he's an easy target for everybody guys aren't going to mock you on alvarez he's six foot five and hits 445 foot home runs but jose's an easy target and you know when correa went out and said uh you know push back on everybody else jose's mostly stayed quiet and gone about his business humbly and continued to play uh and as more people keep booing that's you know jeff blum says in every astros game on the road just keep booing him i mean he continues to put up 900 ops seasons with you know 25 to 30 home runs so uh, easy target, and he's never done anything uh, to to encourage people to stop, other than just continue performing. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I think it's easy to place the blame on him. A player who has been resurgent this season mm -hmm. is Justin Verlander. He's missed the last two years because of injury and you know all sorts of things. Comes back this year. You don't really know what to expect from right. him. Everybody sees him as like a wild card. Like, hey, if he has a good season, this Astros team could be really dangerous in terms of their rotation. And when they get Lance McCullers back, they can have a whole bunch of guys who could, you know, run the table as a an ace of the staff. But, you know, they yeah. really have more than one ace. But Justin Verlander was the ace of the staff this year. He's going to win the Cy Young over my guy, Dylan Cease. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's hard to admit. Justin Verlander is going to win the Cy Young. Yeah. What did you make of his season and where do you see him going next year and beyond in terms of his production? Because we know he's going to stay in Houston. He'd be dumb to leave. Season is legitimately unparalleled. I, I mean, he is... Uh, other than Roger Clemens, uh, he's starting game one. He'll be the, the second pitcher in, in baseball history to start a World Series in three decades. I mean, what he's doing at 39 years old is already – he'll be the fourth oldest to start a World Series game. 
Uh, you know, just moved up to 12th all time on the strikeouts list. Uh, he's he's locking up his his third uh, his third Cy Young. It's unbelievable what he's doing. You know, at, at times when he still needs to find that extra gear to get out of a gym, pumping 98, 99 miles an hour. It's unbelievable. Then you add in the fact that he's coming off of Tommy John, and after missing two full seasons, there's never been anything like it in the game of baseball. Uh, and he's just one of those guys that uh, some athletes, you know, any professional athlete has a, a different mindset than the rest of us, an ability to, to channel these reserves that we just don't have. But even amongst those group of athletes, there's the, the Tom Brady's that play and the, the LeBron James that play into their late 30s, early 40s at the highest level. Uh, and Verlander talks a lot about wanting to play until he's 45. And at this point, how can you doubt him? I mean, he at 39 years old, coming off of Tommy John, this was probably the best season he's had as an Astro. He didn't strike out as many uh, batters as he did in 2019, but just completely dominated. I mean, a 1-8 ERA uh, was basically one blow-up start in the regular season against Seattle away from setting the American League uh, ERA record of the modern era at 39 coming off of Tommy John. So what to expect? Who knows? I will say I think, uh, I think he'll get to 300 career wins. Uh, I, I think that's a mark that – Five years ago, people would have said no chance, but to be doing what he's doing now, and if he hadn't had a, a shortened 2020 season in which he got hurt, and then last year, I think he'd be he'd be right there. So no signs of slowing down, barring another injury. I think he'll get to that 300 win threshold and uh, will be the last we see get there. I enjoy watching him pitch. So he's a 1.8 ERA guy right now at 39. If at 41, if he does stick to his word and keeps playing, and if at 41, he's a 3.2 ERA kind of guy. He's a good number three on a team or a good number oh, four on a 100%. team. They're all signing up for it as baseball fans. There's no 100%. doubt about it. So he's starting game one of the World Series. That's incredible. But we've seen other pitchers on this team step up. Their rotation, their bullpen has been magnificent. And Verlander had the worst start of the playoffs for any Astros pitcher. And we know what he's capable of in terms of bouncing back from stuff like that. So what do you make of the pitching staff of this team as a whole? And does anybody who maybe doesn't get enough notoriety need to be celebrated more in your opinion? Who do you begin with? You've got uh, from Valdez that set the quality consecutive quality start record in the American league. You've got Christian Javier, who, if he would have had enough qualified innings, which he spent some time in the bullpen, would have been top five in ERA, finished 98th percentile in expected batting average and 94th percentile in uh, expected uh, ERA. Then you've got Luis Garcia, who does a game not go 18 innings, wouldn't have even touched the ball in the playoffs yet, goes five and a third and, and scoreless relief in game three of the ALDS. Jose Arquiti has three of the Astros' seven World Series wins uh, in their franchise history. He hasn't touched the ball, and barring – Something crazy probably won't in the World Series. Ryan Stanek goes in this year, and uh, he sets the franchise record, only gave up seven earned runs all season, had a 1-1-5 ERA. He's the one that I'd say is kind of getting missed just because what Dusty's doing right now, and you can't fault him, the buttons he's pressing, pressing are working. Uh, basically, it's going to Abreu for the highest leverage outs or the seventh, Montero in the eighth, and then Presta to close out the game. Uh, and when you've got starters that go as deep as Houston does, that's going to leave some really good relievers that are not going to get the ball as much. Hector Neris had a whip below one this year. He's not played a ton in October. And and Ryan Stanek as well. Philly can mash, so there'll probably be some some nights where they maybe work some pitch counts and we see a, a game three starter maybe leave early where you're going to need 
Stanek to show up. So he's probably the one that I'd say people aren't realizing enough. He's played twice in October, struck out the side, hadn't given up a hit. I mean, he's he's lights out. And he's one that nobody even realizes really is, is on this Astros team. When the Astros were forced to fire A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau and all that kind of stuff, Dusty Baker came in. Mm-hmm. And Dusty Baker, who, to his credit, even before the Astros era for him, was one of the game's all-time great managers. He comes in, he settles this team down. He's got kind of like a calming presence to him mm-hmm. where like he's not rah-rah, he's not going out there screaming in people's faces for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just seems to me like what he's brought to this Astros team has kind of like brought them back down to earth, allowed them to, you know, c- carry on their ways without the burden of some things that have gone on. What's your take on Dusty Baker as the Astros manager and Quite frankly, is he the best manager in Astros history at this point? So you see, I mean, they win the pennant and the players are all yelling, do it for Dusty, do it for Dusty. And honestly, you know, a lot of people's uh, thoughts on the Astros was tarnished after 17 and everything that has come to light. But most people in baseball say they want to see Dusty Baker win a ring. Uh, and so this team's motivated to win one for him. He, he is – a phenomenal man of character. He's done a great job in helping restore the the reputation for sure. Um, a great, great locker room guy gets guys to believe in themselves and, and their ability. And, you know, batting uh, Pena second has uh, given him uh, all of the confidence that he needs in the world and, and has really turned the season around. Uh, with Pena batting second, the Astros are 49 and seven regular season and postseason. That's a 141 win pace over 162 regular season games. So, uh, Confidence-wise, he equips his guys to win. Regular season, there are times where you wonder, you know, some of the bullpen decisions or uh, how long he'll let starters go into games. I mean, you've been in Chicago, Mark Pryor throwing 130 pitches every night. So uh, as the modern game has come along, there are some times where you wonder um, about some of the more analytical things. Could he implement some of those? Uh, but but when you've got a guy that's won 2,000, 2000 wins in his career and uh, and, and that the players seem to love. It's it's hard to find too much fault. Um, is he the best manager in Astros history? I don't know if I can go that far yet. Uh, you know, AJ's got a ring uh, and was seven outs away from another one. Um, for me, you know, I'd probably go there. Phil Garner's got the other pennant. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. And, and regardless, you know, Dusty probably doesn't have more than five years as an Astros manager as a whole. But I mean, if he goes two, three for five in that, that stretch, then then maybe he's got a compelling case. Absolutely. Um, we have a hockey show on the barroom network on Wednesdays. And in the third period, we don't talk hockey. Like we divide our show into three segments and each one's called period one, two, three and period three, we talk about every other sport. And so we got the chat going on the world series. Hey guys, who do you think is going to win the World Series? Oh, we think the Astros are going to win, but we want Philly. Everyone wants Philly, wants Philly, wants Philly, wants Philly. Right. I am a White Sox fan. This is a Cubs town. I love being the oddball, like the one everybody's rooting against. Yeah. Do you feel that way with the Astros at this 100%. point, or do you kind of wish people didn't hate them as much? No, 100%. And, and honestly, for me, I, I love it. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, you know, playing against a team like New York that for all time has been the most hated team in baseball. And there are people actually like cheering for the Yankees because uh, they hate the Astros that much. I think being the villain's awesome. And I think the fact that the Astros have continued to dominate and being the villain makes it even better. Uh, now, I would also say I don't think they deserve as much of the villainy has been thrown their way. 
but yeah, it's great, you know, walking around and uh, they've got a target on their back and they just continue to, to show up and, and answer the bell each time. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, 2017, they win and they were kind of America's sweethearts and that's changed quick. Uh, but the one constant has been their performance. That's awesome. I honestly love that. I kind of like the FU attitude every now and then. Like, you know, yeah, I just love it. So let's dive into the playoffs a little bit. They're playing against the Seattle Mariners, who, to their credit, had a great season. It's one of their best seasons. In I'll go, I will go on the record right now. They were the second best team in the American League. When Rodriguez was healthy, you know, the, the way that things were coming down to the wire, he hurt his back. I was hopeful that they were going to be the other side of the bracket because I really thought they would be an ALCS matchup, and I thought they would give Houston more trouble than any other team in the American League. I think that's very fair. There's no reason. I mean, they could have beaten the Guardians. They did beat the Rays. There's no reason that the Yankees – I mean, the Yankees are a great team, but I don't see them beating the Mariners in a seven-game series this year, and, and we never got to see it. But, you know, they gave Houston a hard time, kind of. Not mm-hmm. in terms of wins and losses. Houston swept them. Right. But I think those games were closer. Right. In the Yankee games, it felt like the Mariners could have easily flipped the script in all three of those games, especially the first one. So the first game is the one I want to ask you about. The Mariners had that lead. And then the big boy comes up to bat in the bottom of the ninth inning with two runners on. And Jordan Alvarez hits it to Pluto and the Astros win. And from there, it felt like a sunk cost for the Seattle Mariners. Did that game change the course of history for this postseason? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned Jordan hitting the home run, which of course he hits the walk off, but that really has been the epitome of the Astros during this run is you just can't kill them. It's seven, three in the eighth and Bregman hits a two run home run that, that is kind of forgotten about. That was massive. It gets him back in the game. You get to the ninth inning, you got two outs and, and you're talking about earlier, we're discussing player development and finding guys, David Hensley, who's been in the big league since September, in 2020, during the COVID years, working in construction, fouls off pitch after pitch, works this eight-pitch this eight, this eight pitch walk. Uh, he's on first. Pena, who struggled with the slider all year, uh, gets a base knock in the middle uh, to bring Jordan to the plate. And so, really, it's just they do an unbelievable job of passing the baton, uh, and, and you just you can't put them to bed. Every, every player in their lineup has power. Uh, they don't strike out. They put the ball in play. Uh, and if you come up in a situation where now you have to pitch to Jordan, which they had no choice, it's game over. Uh, and, and that felt like something. Now, the way the MLB scheduled things this year, the off day after that game, you're wondering, well, maybe that can hurt some momentum. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think momentum is something that can be a little overemphasized in sports. And you'll see that in, in this World Series where Philly appears to have all the momentum, 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 the are hot. The Astros are seven. No, they haven't lost yet. I mean, a lot of times it does come down to to better teams and, and better performance and, and who shows up. So, uh, you know, they, they had that off day in between, but came back uh, again, come from behind in game two, Jordan again, uh, and then they just stopped pitching to him and, and Bregman does damage. So uh, it's just a team that you, you can't keep down once you've got them there. When is their last loss? Did they lose game 162 or 161? Uh, Their last loss was to the Phillies. It was the the first game of the Phillies series. Aaron Nola was perfect through six six innings. Phillies clinch. Uh, JV goes uh, five no-hit, five perfect innings against the hangover lineup, and then the Strohs won the third game of the series too. The Phillies clinched against the Astros? Why why is that not – a they bigger did. story. Yeah. 
The Phillies clinched against the Astros. Yep. What is going on? And the Astros still won that series two to one? Two to one, yep. Oh my goodness! The Phil, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Alex? It's it's unbelievable. The the <laughs> stories in in baseball are just completely unrivaled. It was uh, let's see, the Strohs' last loss was October third, first game of that series. They beat Philly 10-0 the next day and three two on October fifth. So Strohs have won nine in a row, nine of ten. That is unbelievable. Yep. That is insanity. Now, I think that makes the World Series that much better, the fact that Philly made it all the way. I'll, I'll be writing about that some way, somehow. They're not even in the playoffs under last year's format. Yeah, no, they're not. That's that's insane. Uh, the, last year, the Astros took out the White Sox. Wow. <laughs> Thank, thanks for reminding No, I'm kidding. Um, so going back to the AL West just a little bit really quick before we get to the rest of the playoffs. Those, so those Mariners, you took them out. You think they were the second best team in the American League. I think there's absolutely a very compelling argument for that to be the case. The Texas Rangers hired Bruce Bochy, and that people think means they're targeting some quality free agents to try and lure them in using this Bochy hire. Talking about Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Rodon. These are the types of players that they think they'll be looking for because they did get Semyon and Seager last year, two right. offensive players. Right. Then the Los Angeles Angels. It kind of seems like with their new ownership, they're going to really try and rebuild this thing from scratch. And they might end up being one of the worst teams in the league if they do end up trading Otani or we'll see what happens with Trout and the new ownership and all that. Then you got the Oakland A's who kind of went in the same direction, but they seem to build it back up faster than everybody else so they might only be rebuilding for two or three years based on their money ball history they're they're very good at sucking for three years and then all of a sudden boom they're in the wild card mix again then that leaves the mariners and the astros where do you stand on the division going forward thinking about next year already yeah i still think it's going to be uh the stroh's division for at least another year or two uh seattle's great the gap will probably be closed the full season the Strohs just have an unlimited supply of arms and the other teams in the division just aren't there. And, you know, this year they have seven starters with the, the roster expansion, bringing up Hunter Brown. So, you know, you can, you can weather injury and that kind of thing. You know, if, you know, you never wish injury on anybody, but if, you know, if Seattle loses Logan Gilbert there, I mean, who do they have left to start? You know, Robbie Ray is, is erratic and, you know, George Kirby, but it's like those teams then have two or three guys that you feel confident you give them the ball, you're going to get a win. Uh, but after that, it's like you don't know. You know, then you have to piece together bullpen games, that sort of thing. Uh, Houston still got depth that the other teams in the division don't have. And and that's one of their biggest weapons It's just over 162 games. They don't wear down the way that other teams do. That's incredible. And they're they're one of the elite franchises in baseball. People want to hate on them. They are analytically advanced. They have a great feel for the game. Everything that they touch just seems to turn to gold. And like the thought of my team ever attaining anything like that in any sport is just awesome to think about. And I know it's never going to happen because pain, but you know, now you're in the ALCS against the New York Yankees after slaying the other team that was great in your division. And now the Yankees kind of have like a, a thing about them that makes you nervous as any fan, I think just because they got, the big bombers of Judge and Stanton and even great other hitters like Anthony Rizzo and, you know, Josh Donaldson, he stunk in the playoffs, but you don't necessarily expect Josh Donaldson to stink in the playoffs. And then you're facing Garrett Cole, who Astros fans know all about how great he's been in his career and stuff like that. 
um, Severino, Cortez. I mean, this is a good Yankee team, and the Astros made them look like a third-place team. Like, that series had to be just so exhilarating for you as an Astros person. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, Loved every second of it. It's funny because, you know, we're talking about the Strohs having won nine in a row. It's hard to say they're even hot, though. And that's what when you talk about depth. Two playoff series in, Jose Altuve is three for 32. Kyle Tucker did hit a, a home run against Seattle. But, I mean, he really struggled against New York. And, and you know, Jordan got some hits in game four, but, but he was kind of down. Uh, but that's just where a team like like Houston, you know, they, they shut down Aaron Judge. And, you know, some of those guys – uh, proven track records, you know, Stanton is an unbelievable October performer. Uh, but really, Judge made that team go this year. And Houston just blew him off the face of the year. I mean, they just threw it right by him. Uh, now, you look at the Astros, and Altuve struggles a little bit. Here comes Jeremy Pena, uh, who's got, a you know, over 900 OPS this postseason. He hits two bombs in that series. Bregman, when he gets hot, he's impossible to get out. And he he looks like the Bregman that was healthy and right in 2019. Uh, Chaz McCormick down at the bottom of the lineup does his job um, in, in their starters and, and their relievers. I mean, right now, their playoff numbers with ERA and whip, uh, don't, don't know them off the top of my head. I was looking at it the other day, but basically over the course of a full season, it equates to 2,000 Pedro Martinez, which is basically the best pitching performance we've ever seen. So if you got that on the bump, if you push across three runs, you should be in a pretty good spot. And that's what we saw. They won a game. You know, three two. Uh, they they shut out New York in um, in game three, and so the Strohs this year they push across three runs. Their starters are seventy seven and nine. So get three four runs on the board with your lineup. They're gonna be a good spot, and that's what we saw against New York. And one thing I noticed, and I, I've noticed this for a long time, but it was brought to the light a little bit extra in this Yankees series, is that one through eight, the Astros probably have a top three, if not top one, lineup in Major League Baseball, and then batting ninth every game is Maldonado. Mm-hmm. And Maldonado, in my opinion, is probably the best defensive catcher in Major League Baseball. Very, right. very yeah. few things get by him. The way he calls a game, the way he handles pitches, the right. way he receives is just magnificent. The Houston Astros seem like they do not care if he bats 0-0-0 with a 0-0-0 OPS as long as he catches the way that he does. He could be a free out every single inning and right. they – don't care because he's that good defensively and they know how good the rest of their lineup is. So then against the New York Yankees, when he all of a sudden has starts having a couple hits, it's like, how do you beat the Astros? If even Maldonado's hitting, this man has to be celebrated just as much as all the stars on the team. Do you agree? He's beloved by the fans. Uh, he's beloved by the players, all the pitch throw to him. And, you know, in today's game, catchers just don't catch 162 games. Uh, and it's funny with Maldi, it always feels like every playoff series, he gets a big at batter, a big hit when you need him. Uh, last year in the world series was when he crowded the plate and worked that walk when everybody in the ballpark knew he wasn't going to take the bat off his shoulder. Uh, and it was basically either hit me or I'm going to take my walk And And he took his walk. He's just such a cerebral presence. Um, he's got an unbelievable arm behind the plate. He and Vasquez both to neutralize the running game. Uh, and, and they love him. And, you know, he uh, there were some clips going around through through the city and through the fan base when when he said, you know, you wanted Houston, you got Houston. And he's doing some of the postgame speeches in the locker room afterwards. Uh, just a, an awesome guy. Everybody loves him. 
anytime he gets a hit, the place goes nuts. The team loves him because, uh, you know, it's he's not a he's not a great hitter, though. He was named a, a silver slugger finalist in the American League amongst catchers today. Did have a career high in home runs and, and RBIs this season. But uh, it's not for, you know, lack of of uh, effort or laziness. You know, you see a guy like Josh Donaldson in the playoffs. Not don't know the guy not calling him lazy, but just continue taking pitch after pitch and doing the same thing. And Molly's up there grinding for ABs. And if he doesn't get a hit, they know how hard he's working behind the plate to offset it. And so anything he does at the plate with as good as the rest of the lineup is, it's just gravy. Now, you know, would he work maybe in a place, I don't know, Tampa Bay that doesn't have some of the boppers that Houston does? Maybe not. But in this lineup, the way that they can manufacture runs and his catcher ERA, 291 this year, the lowest in baseball, the way he can call and command a game. Uh, his, his presence is is invaluable, and you have to really follow the team to realize how important he is. I did notice he was nominated for the Silver Slugger Award, and I looked at it, and I'm like, well, I did know that it was a down year for catchers offensively. Yeah, right. Was I don't know that down, down but, uh, Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so that's funny. So now they're in the World Series. They're playing against the Philadelphia Phillies who are, like I described before we brought you in, they are the Cinderella story of Major League Baseball. It's kind of history repeating itself for the Houston Astros a little bit. Last year, the Houston Astros played in the World Series against that scrappy Atlanta Braves team that snuck into the playoffs. A little bit different story. The Braves, they were injured. They made some trades. That helped them get hot. This Phillies team just fired their manager and started getting hot naturally with the players that they already had. It feels like Houston is a little bit better, deeper, more well-rounded this time along. Right. But that – Phillies team can mash is there a little part of you that's like you gotta neutralize the offense otherwise you're gonna get smoked in this series or are you going in being like dude we won seven straight what do I got to worry about so you know it's funny the through the Astros reign of terror on the American League the NL East has kind of been their kryptonite uh and it's teams that have been hot in the second half from the NL East the Nationals got off to a, a poor start below 500 they end up playing like 108 win pace after that uh, now, they had the pitching to match Houston. Uh, not necessarily the depth, but they just threw Scherzer and Corbin and Strasburg uh, until their arms fell off. Uh, and then they played the Braves last year. And, and the Strohs, a lot of injuries, didn't have JV, didn't have McCullers. Bregman was in, in bad shape with his wrist. Uh, and, and so a win would have been amazing, but kind of playing with house money at this point. This year you come in and it's like, okay, We've been here three times. We've lost twice to a scrappy National League East team. Can the Phillies mash? Absolutely. But the Phillies, when they don't mash, they get shut out. They miss – they whiff a ton. Very similar to New York's team. Bryce Harper's one of the best players in the game. He's on the tear of his life. Uh, but really, other than that, there's a lot of swing and miss in that lineup. Uh, and the Strohs are the best team in baseball at limiting home runs. They allowed 6.3, I believe it was, per nine in the regular season, and they're even lower than that in the postseason. Uh, so they're great at limiting what Philly does best. Uh, and even in the case of, you know, let's say Philly gets to one of these starters, uh, JV's World Series track record is, is no, uh, no secret. He has struggled in the World Series in his career. The Strohs have a lineup that can mash if needed, you know, come back in game one. Uh, they just kept coming back in game four against New York uh, the other night. So uh, the Phillies, it really feels like they can only beat you slugging uh, and just hope that Wheeler and, New- and Nola, when they're on the hill, kind of slow you down a little bit. The Strohs can win a game 1-0 and the Strohs can win a game 10-9. So I think that does favor them in that regard. 
That's awesome. So I know who I think you're going to pick to win the World Series. Of course, I'm not even really going to ask. What I will ask to kind of close things out a little bit. Yesterday, my podcast co-host brought up to me that if the Houston Astros win the World Series in four, you can make the argument that they are the greatest Major League Baseball team ever. Do you agree? I don't. Uh, Reason being... I believe as long as I live, I'll never see a better baseball team than the 2019 Houston Astros. Uh, And baseball is an interesting sport in that the best team rarely wins. Uh, The Mariners, they win 116 games, and I think they went home in the first round that year. It's just such a unique sport where, uh, you know, your best player gets cold at the wrong time. And, you know, your starter that's been lights out all year has a bad day on the hill. Uh, You know, in 2019, those Astros, they win franchise record. They won 107 games. Uh, but then, like, during the regular season, they got swept by the Cincinnati Reds. So when those kinds of things that, that don't matter over 162 games play out in October, and they got cold in the World Series, but, I mean, that team, JV and Cole, either one of them win a Cy Young 99% of seasons if the other player isn't doing what he's doing. Their offense in, in the modern era was putting up numbers that really had only ever been rivaled by the Murderers Row Yankees. Uh, I just, I think that's the best team my eyes have ever seen. I know I'm, I'm a Stroh's fan, but that team was, uh, team OPS was like 785 or something like that. They had eight guys over 800, uh, which is all-star level. I mean, they were, they were ridiculous and their rotation was lights out, uh, 11 and 0 in the postseason, quite an achievement. Uh, they're an amazing team. I think they're an incredibly deep team. Uh, but I don't know if I could call them the best team of all time. Uh, would love to make the case. Hopefully they go 11-0, and then we can come back and have that debate afterwards. Yeah, maybe it'll have to depend on how they do in the World Series. Right. In those, If they were to sweep, like if they give up one run in four games or something like that, and then you're like, does accomplishments kind of come right. into play here? But right. Alec, I can't thank you enough for coming on our show. It has been my absolute pleasure. You have been one of the most informed, one of the most thoughtful guests we've ever had from the fan-sided networks. I can say that with absolute confidence. I will give you a minute here to promote yourself, what you got coming up with the new gig at Climbing Tiles Hill. Tell us what you got. Yeah, um, please do check us out on on fan-sided, climbingtileshill.com. Got a lot of stuff coming through the the pipeline, especially with the World Series this week. Uh, Just had a, a piece come out today on, on Jeremy Pena and how he acted the team in the two hole. Uh, One of our contributors, Damian Flores, put out a piece kind of previewing the series, key players to watch on both sides. Um, Really excited for, for the week ahead. Uh, I will be at game two. uh, So won't be sitting there with my laptop banging out a story immediately, but uh, I'll be on the Twitter account, uh, which, which you can find us um, at, uh, at Astros CTH. uh, And uh, I'll have some, some stuff coming out from inside the stadium. Um, but, uh, big week ahead. Can't wait to see what's in store. Uh, I think it should be a close series, but, uh, at the end of the day, I think the Stroh's talent's going to win out. So that being the case, they do win the world series. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff over at climbing tiles. Hill. So check us out uh, And my personal Twitter account at Alec Brown, 1755 is on the screen as well. Uh, so we'd love to connect with you there. Very great job. Make sure you're following at Alec Brown, one, seven, five, five. I am going to do it the second this show ends and make sure you're following at Astros CTH on Twitter as well. I'm, I think I might follow it. I follow most fan-sided baseball pages, yeah. but if I don't, I'm going to make sure I throw it a follow just so I got you. I'm very excited to do it. I'm very excited for the World Series. Alec, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody, hey, we would fun. like to send you to a quick commercial break. 
And look, I loved Rex Grossman. I'm not trying to get you to besmirch him in any way. But it seemed like he didn't have it uh, at Super Bowl 41. Maybe it was the rain. But if Lovey inserts Brian Greasy at some point in the second half, could that have been the difference? And you all would be wearing rings here in 2022 for Super Bowl 41 champions. I don't know if Brian Greasy would have changed anything, but I definitely think that the game was too big for Rex that day. The one thing I've learned is everything's got to click. And if it doesn't, things can go sour. I mean, both teams are in the Super Bowl for a reason. They're good teams. And, and you get there, part of it's luck, part of it's it, it's good play. But if things don't click exactly the way you want them to, it can go south. Welcome back to Crosstown Crosstalk. What an absolute great interview I just had with Alec Brown of Climbing Towels Hill of the Fan Sided Network. Make sure you go follow them. I don't care if you don't like the Astros. I don't care. Get over it. They're a great team. They're a great team with great players, great management, great organization. They've done everything right. The White Sox beat them in the 2005 World Series. Hey, how you doing? I am so excited for the World Series. The Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros are absolutely certain to put on an absolute show. Guys, you got Bryce Harper. You got Jordan Alvarez. You got Kyle Schwarber. You got Nicholas Castellanos. As there's a drive to deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run, and that will make it a 4 nothing ball game. You got Alex Bregman. You got Justin Verlander. You got Zach Wheeler. It is a star-studded Major League Baseball World Series. I cannot wait to watch it. My prediction is that the Houston Astros are going to win this series in five games. I think they will split the first two, and then the Astros will win the next three. That is my prediction. Dusty Baker will win his first Major League Baseball World Series ring in a career that has been long and fruitful for him. This is it for him. This is what we got. It's been a long time coming. I think he took the Astros job after they fired their general manager, Jeff Lunau, and they fired A.J. Hinch after the cheating scandal that was of the 2017 team. And he's taken over and been anything short of brilliant, nothing short of brilliant since coming over. And the Astros, they took out the White Sox last year. They were the last team to play them in a playoff series. And, yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to say other than I think the Houston Astros are awesome. And I think they're going to really, really, really going to get it done this time around. I was skeptical last year against the Braves. It kind of seems like Alec was as well last year. But this year, it just seems like they're healthy. They're on a roll and they are on a mission. And they are trying to erase all of the demons that surround this team and have surrounded the team for the last couple of years. And I think they're going to get it done. So, you know, once again, the World Series, it starts tomorrow. I highly encourage everyone to pay attention to it. I know you got football. I know you got baseball or hockey. I know you got basketball. Baseball's still here too. This World Series is going to be incredible. And then after the World Series, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that needs to be talked about in terms of recapping the World Series, recapping the playoffs, who won MVP, who won this, who won that. We got awards. We got a huge offseason coming up, and there's no better place to get 
your Major League Baseball content than right here on Crosstown Crosstalk of the Barroom Network. Of course, the Chicago Bulls, they're two and two. The Bulls coverage on the Barroom Network is incredible. You got the Barfly Tailgate, the Mike North Advantage, and all the other great shows that cover the National Football League in specific, the Chicago Bears here on the Barroom Network. I will be making an appearance on the Barfly Tailgate show on Sunday morning when we will go over what happened against the New England Patriots on Monday. And, of course, previewing the Chicago Bears game against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday afternoon. Very excited for those games. It's going to be a great weekend of sports. And, of course, I wish everybody a happy, safe, and fun Halloween. Remember, you follow me at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. You follow the Barroom Network at Barroom Network on twitter.com as well again astros in five is my prediction i'd like you to tweet me or dm me your predictions and maybe next week people who are right people who are wrong we can discuss it on next week's show very much looking forward to recapping the world series with you once again thank you to alec brown of climbing towels hill of the fan-sided networks for joining our show and as always thank you for listening another happy landing (laughs) 